Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome back to OA On Air, the official podcast of O'Neill & Associates. I'm Kyan Isaacson. This week, it's back to business. We have 3, 2, 1, Go with Cosmo Macero, and then an interview with Hiawatha Bray of the Boston Globe talking about the CES conference this week. And in two minutes with Tom, it's 2020, and there's a lot going on. First up, 3, 2, 1, Go. Let's talk about something important. Hello and welcome to 321 Go on OA On Air, our weekly look into the world of public affairs, business, culture, and the economy. I'm your host, Cosmo Macero. In this installment of 321 Go, Meghan the Duchess of Sussex and Prince Harry announced that they are stepping back from the royal family. We'll take a close look at that, including what that even means. And our own Chris Tracy talks about the state of the city address by Boston Mayor Marty Walsh. Finally, we look at the New England Patriots and the Boston Herald and all the outrage, hubbub, and hullabaloo created by their page one story calling on Tom Brady to get out of town. Joining me here on 321 Go is Kyan Isaacson. Hello, happy 2020. Happy 2020. This is the third year in which OA On Air podcasts have been created. That is true. 2018, 2019, wow. 2020. That makes us sound old. It makes us sound like we've been around for more than however many episodes we've been around for. We're podcast veterans. Absolutely. Let's get to it. All right, Cayenne. Prince Harry and Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex. By the way, in the opening, I reversed the order and announced Meghan, the Duchess of I Sussex liked it. first. Why not? I liked it. Ladies I, first. Ladies first. Absolutely. And by the way, speaking of smashing all conventions and stereotypes... Prince Harry and Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, are stepping back from the royal family. Yes, formally. Stepping back, going to the background. Yeah. Withdrawing. What All does of that those mean? Words. How, how do you how do you step back from the royal family? How do you how do you step? Back? You want to know what's really interesting? I don't think anybody knows because yeah. nobody's done it before. It's, it, how, it's not, how is it a thing? Like, oh yeah, they st- well they step back from the royal family. What is that? I mean, what are you talking about? I thought it was really interesting that they said. They intend to step back as senior members, but also work to become financially independent while continuing to fully support Her Majesty the Queen. So that so means they're not going to take any of the money. Yeah, that I they mean, whatever, have whatever you know, billion dollar trust, billions of dollars in trust funds that exist f- for the royal family. They're just they're like, no, no, we're, I'm, I'm good. We're just gonna, you know, I, bye. I got a blog and and. <laughs> and she's no. And, she had a blog. She, she had to cancel it she, when yeah, she was she, uh, becoming royal. She's, actually, she's, you know, she's gonna. Do, she's doing Days of Our Lives in a, in a reality show, and she was on Suits. It was a good show. I liked it. She was on Suits. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, she's an actress, and uh, and they're they're talking about oh, they might move to Canada or Hollywood. It, it's like, I mean, well, and it says that they're gonna split their how time. How is it stepping back to move to Hollywood? Stepping Hollywood, going to Hollywood is stepping forward into the public, into the public, but away from the royal family. What's interesting is. I think so. You have to wonder how much of this is a direct result of the ongoing media attention, and I would go as far as to say attacks that have been made against her in the press for the last couple of years, which they have spoken out very publicly against. Harry has admonished the British press. My understanding is they are a bit more feisty than ours are, 
And, you know, if, if enough's enough. Oh, there are a lot more feisty people. What are they attacking her for? For what? For not Everything. being royal enough? Everything. I mean, the one poor woman can't make a move. She... You know, she has a baby. She didn't wear the right thing. She didn't carry it the than, right way. How is that different than any other royal ever? That's, but that's his thing. He's like, enough's enough. You know, may and she rest, he in, put out may a she statement. rest in peace, poor Prince, Princess, Princess Diana. Diana. Literally to her dying moment, uh, surrounded by but paparazzi. He, he has invoked that. While she saying, was dying. I saw what happened to my mother, and it's yeah. disgusting that this continues. And, you know, they should be able to live their lives. And these are two people that do really incredible work around the world too so you do have to wonder you know what does that mean for their charities are they going to set up their own charities because they have a lot of organizations that they and foundations that they help fund and promote as senior member, so members members of what, the royal what family it, what is it prince william who's the other one the other brother prince william Prin- how's he feel? so it all falls to him and kate and, oh then there's prince oh he's and prince andrew's damaged goods he's the cousin right <laughs> what's his role well, Prince William is going to be king. He's yes. in line for the throne. So he's in line Prince for the Harry, I think, is now like eighth or something. Oh, so okay. um, Will and Kate, as you know, we like to call them, <laughs> um, have obviously far more formal responsibilities and always have, and yeah. they've always known that. Um, but Harry has always kind of been a little bit rogue. He has been rogue. When he was younger, too. Yeah. Um, had, some, had some mishaps and public mistakes, which, you know, all young people do but um no one knows what it means that's the craziest thing they announced this with no real description and of on what their, it actually they announced it on means, their instagram account which is very, very 2020 of very them 2020 and they're going to balance their time between the united kingdom and north america yeah i, I think that the, i think they're going to spend time in hollywood in los angeles doing what i don't know i mean is she, she going to act i don't think so no she's not allowed to I don't think she's allowed to. Do I she had to stop doing all that. Yeah, she had to take down her Instagram page. She had to okay. stop doing her blog. I believe that's why she left the show. I could be speculating, but I'm fairly certain. Well, I mean, if you're, yeah, because if you're a princess, it's that's your job. I mean, that's your job to be a princess. Well, it's also um, the public face that you're. I mean, th- if there's one thing I can say to kind of come back to our roots and what it is like we do is the the palace and the and the queen and everything around her. It is a very tight ship of public perception. Oh, sure. And PR yeah. at all times. Um, how does this reflect on the queen? How does this reflect on, um, you know, the country? Uh, all of it. That's what they are always thinking about. So everything that they all do, I mean, down to the fact that royals are not supposed to show affection or hold hands in public because they're on official duty. And um, it all comes back picture, to reputation. I'm looking at a picture of them right now holding hands. But that was when they were... Um, announcing their engagement so it was okay and the two of them have broken a lot of those rules they've broken a lot of po- protocols they've very you know yeah. very cutting edge here's another one they're stepping back all right they are stepping back we'll see what that means we will i'm, uh, I'm actually looking forward to see to, to to following this and seeing how their uh, how their lives evolve more instagram to come absolutely All right, up next, here's our own Chris Tracy talking with Kyanne Isaacson about the State of the City Address. Okay, so we had Mayor Walsh's State of the City Address this week, um, an annual address given by the mayor on, well, exactly what it is, the State of the City. 
I'm joined by Chris Tracy from our office who attended last night and does a lot of our community relations work uh, in the city. So I don't know, take it from the top. What are your thoughts and takeaways? Great. Thanks, Cayenne, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, You're a regular now. I know. I love it. (laughs) Um, My takeaway is that we we thought the mayor was outstanding last night. Uh, We thought he sounded inspired. Um, He sounded energized. um, And the reviews we're hearing from across the board have all been positive on his speech. Um, He was bold and he showed great leadership. Uh, He talked about what the residents and the voters in the city want to hear. He talked about things like traffic. Um, Which to your earlier point, not the sexiest topic. Exactly. Not something you'd think he's going to touch on in a state of the city address. But when you're out on the streets in the city, what are people talking about? They're talking about traffic. It shows having a real pulse on that and like recognizing the importance for sure. It's a major issue. um, And it's it's what the people want to hear. So it felt like he was really talking to the voters last night and the residents of the city of Boston. He, He touted new measures on enforcement and infrastructure to help improve our transportation problems. Uh, talked about putting more pressure on the state and the T, which I think will resonate really well um, with the people of the city. Uh, he talked about public safety, continuing to get guns off the streets. Boston's already a safe city, uh, but he touted the success of the Boston Police Department and Commissioner Willie Gross. He talked about housing, um, putting money, more money towards affordable and middle-class housing. Um, obviously, we've talked about the building boom we're in for for quite some time now. Um, he's he's laid out some really clear plans around housing for the city from the beginning. Yep. Um, so was it something new or was it like a continuation of that? I think it's a continuation of that and in, in a, a move towards more affordable housing, more middle class housing, less luxury uh, condos is, is what he's what he's honing in on now yep. um, and putting money towards sort of helping people achieve home ownership whenever possible. Um, He talked about the diversity of Boston. Uh, Boston's hosting an NAACP event later this year, and he talked about, you know, what a a story that is for our city and its image and how far we've come. Uh, He had a number of speakers before him who were examples of of the diversity in our city and how the administration has worked to help lift people up and close achievement gaps in our city. Uh, He talked about Boston Public Schools, urged people to go visit their local BPS school and see the success and potential of our young people. He talked about the city continuing to invest and strengthen BPS. Um, Which has been a tough topic for for the last few years. For the few, (laughs) the schools are uh, are always a hot topic. Uh, We we have a new Boston Public Schools superintendent, um, and he's he's certainly excited about the direction of BPS. Um, he talked a little bit about his past couple months, as the, as the T has continued to be a hot-button issue, he'd like to have a city seat on the MBTA board. He talked about continuing to try to sort of strengthen the decision-making of mayors across Massachusetts uh, whenever possible, especially on things like transportation. The things that connect us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, th- I think overall, you know, he ended saying that Boston is inclusive and Boston is thriving right now, no matter who you are. If you're a senior, immigrant, veteran, LGBT person, uh, we're united in our values, and he wants to continue to help lift people up um, and move the city forward. You left feeling motivated. (laughs) Right? I did. I did. I I think everybody in Symphony Hall last night left with a good feeling and where our city's heading. Which is great. And for um, anyone listening who did not get a chance to see or hear... Uh, Mayor Walsh's State of the City. It is currently posted on his website, boston.gov. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Kayan.
All right, Kyan, let's talk Patriots, specifically Tom Brady and the Boston Herald. The other day, Tom Keegan, Boston Herald sports columnist, does a piece called Time for Him to Go with a big picture of Tom Brady. Implication of the front piece. Page. Front page. Front page. Front big page. Splash. Big splash. We call it the splash. And, um, and then Karen Garrigian, who's been a, a great Herald columnist for many years, says, yes, but where? And like, like down on the butt. <laughs> Meaning she's saying, like, well, here's, I'll speculate on where he's going. Um, and the piece, by and large, really just conveys what a lot of people are thinking. Maybe the year is over. Maybe we're all ready for sort of what is next. I'm one of those people. I love Tom Brady. What else does the guy have to give us? Yeah. What else can the guy possibly do? He's the greatest quarterback ever. He played a critical role in delivering six Lombardi trophies, six Super Bowl championships. Unbelievable. What more can the guy do? And just good football, too. And just great I football. I mean, like, if you, if you get away fun. from all of that, yeah. just good football. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, he's, and he's, he gives you some stuff off the field to have fun with and maybe snicker at and you get Giselle. It's great. The guy's been – he's been great for the Patriots. Whole package. The whole, the whole package. <laughs> but people are thinking, oh, maybe the end is here. And, and yeah. some people are, you know, if you're frustrated with the way the Patriots played and you might be frustrated with the way he played, no shame or harm in that. But boy, oh, boy, the Herald has been taking a beating for this story. On social media and elsewhere, um, just torrents of outrage. The paper needs to print a front-page apology. I'll, I'm canceling my subscription. What a rag. Um, I won't go into the details, but a, but a prominent sports broadcaster suggested that he would clean himself <laughs> with the Boston Herald. Oh, God. Um, you know, it, 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 I mean, it's it's huge outrage. And, and I think that... <clears throat> Now, the Herald, my former employer many years ago, a paper I worked full for, disclosure. lovingly, full yeah. disclosure, has some track record of running afoul of the Patriots uh, organization going way back to their coverage of the original Spygate. They had some uh, a story that wound up not being correct within that. Ooh. And then some other things over the years. But this is the latest one, and they're really taking a beating over it. What do you think? Here's my problem with it. I actually don't think that the story is the problem. The fact, it, the problem is that they did the big splash on the front page. I think if it had just been a, a, a column in the paper about, you know, this is what he should do, not nearly as much backlash because here's the problem. Not everyone reads, sorry to sports writers everywhere, but not everyone who reads the paper reads sports stories or, or columns from True. related to sports. Like, if if I'm not going to read a whole paper, that's often what I will not – it's just not where my interests lie, and, you know, that's that's okay. That – like, by putting it in a huge splash on the front page, you change that. No, it's that's no true. longer that, just a sports sort of story, point. right? That's the whole point. The, you know, the, but like, it should like, be. Of, of this any poor tab, man. Any tabloid, right? The Herald is designed – it has basically two huge stories a day. Yes. One is the back cover, and that's always a sports story. Yep. And one is this front page. So splash. this could have been the back cover. It, it could have been. I think it would have gotten. I think you're right about that. It's a good observation. It would have got less outrage uh, because it, because the back cover has some measure of less attention. Obviously, they took it off the sports page and they put it on the front. And page. And everything in the middle <laughs> is just kind of like everything in the middle, you know, in terms of <laughs> no, in terms of like how people viscerally react to yeah. a story. Yeah. They're only going to viscerally react to the front page story. and, and they, yeah. they I think they viscerally reacted to the front page and the headline, not think, so much the now, story. I don't know if people are canceling whatever subscriptions remain to newspapers of any kind these days. Maybe they are. 
I wonder if the Herald leadership in the newsroom and elsewhere is like, wow, this is awesome, or they're like, oh, I guess we went overboard with that front page. I guess it depends if they actually lost a fair amount of subscriptions. I guess I so. think that there are probably some diehard Tom Brady fans out there that they're have canceled. him tattooed on places that went ahead and canceled their subscriptions if Maybe. they had them. Maybe, yeah. I think it got the attention that they were looking for, but there definitely is a backlash on that story. And I don't know. Tom Brady himself, the Patriots organization, the Crafts, Harold probably didn't do itself any favors with those people, but that, that's not really their job. It's not their job, but, you know, I don't know. It's They took it, they made it a mainstream story. Yeah. And, like, the the argument, is this worthy sports, of the front page? It definitely is. Are you kidding me? Sports is such a mainstream part of culture I understand and that, but we've had a lot on, of big on any things. Given day, no, I know, but on any given day, even the Globe and other papers, on any given day, one of the four major pro sports teams in Boston is a legitimate threat to be on the front page, uh, you know, justifiably. I don't disagree with that, but a story speculating as to whether a six-time Super Bowl champion quarterback should retire and or leave our team, oh, I do not That's a good point. Think. Cheyenne's so observant. <laughs> How is that a splash? This like, this jamoke right to column? Like, you know, it's not even Dan Shaughnessy or Tony Maserati or Karen Garigian. It's this guy no. who's been around for like, you know, whatever, 18 months. Who's just like, who's I'm done. That to me yeah. is not newsworthy enough for the front page. Fair enough. That's my assessment. That's it. 2020. Let's be better. Let's everyone be better in 2020. But you're not you're not so outraged that you're threatening to say defile the Herald by sort of you know. No, I don't get that outraged <laughs> about sports at all. Um, you know, I think t- to your point, Tom Brady has done a fantastic job. There's nothing more we could really ask for him except people will continue to. Um, and if he wants to go and and test the waters somewhere else, good luck to him. If he wants to stay here, good luck to him. Whatever. It doesn't. At the end of the day. like a true Fairweather fan. Not Fairweather. I'm just, (laughs) I like to think pragmatic. A true Fairweather fan. So, all right. Thanks, Cayenne. Yep. That's going to do it for this week's edition of 321 Go. Our program was recorded in Studio 10A, just off the historic Tip O'Neill Room at our building in Government Center, downtown Boston. Thanks for listening. Goodbye till next time. I'm Cosmo Macero. That's it for 321 Go. Up next, an interview with Hiawatha Bray. All right, up next on OA On Air, we're glad to be joined by Hiawatha Bray, the technology writer for the Boston Globe. Hiawatha, great to have you in studio. Welcome to OA On Air. Glad to be here. All right, we're here with Kyan Isaacson also. Hello. The official voice of OA On Air. And That's me. it's Consumer Electronics Show this week in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hiawatha, technology writer for the Globe and a veteran of the Consumer Electronics Show. You've covered it many times over mm-hmm. the years. And we were talking off air uh, and, and, and by email about the show because it really seems to have evolved uh, in recent years in where, yeah, there's lots of news made, but not the kind of game-changing 
uh, innovations that we've seen in the past. Is that fair to say? Oh, I think so. I'm not even sure there's a lot of news being made anymore. Um, it, it, the CES simply does not uh, have the kind of impact that it once did. The very fact that I'm sitting here talking to you instead of, you know, getting ready to fly back yep. right now illustrates that. This is the third year in a row I haven't gone, and I get back and I wait for all the stuff I missed out on, the th reasons that will make me wish I had been there, and it never happens anymore because uh, once upon a time, CES was a place where you would see amazing new innovations like um, – you would see the latest thing in tablet computers. You would see smart appliances that were really a breakthrough. You would see new breakthroughs in television like the early 4K sets and OLED and things like that. In recent years, there have not been any real game-changing new products. And you know, you were nice enough to prep for this by just bringing back some of the greatest hits from this year's show, and it perfectly illustrates the point. There's nothing here except I mean, trivia. You fall off. This is the, the Guardians uh, one through seven. I know Cayenne's very f interested in the, in the in the in the in the toothbrush item that they've uh, unveiled. Ten seconds. Give me four minutes of my day back. Yeah, um, but honestly, once you get past number one, the Hyundai Flying Taxi being developed with Uber, you're falling right off the cliff. And 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 by the way, if an Uber Flying Taxi Designed to hover at 2,000 feet doesn't scare the heck out of you. I don't know what else will. Yeah, particularly the fact that they uh, their ambitions are to have this be pilotless. And until I think we've really gotten our hands around driverless vehicles and safety around that, I just, you know. I have to disagree with you on that, really? actually. I think oh, it that flying me. pilotless vehicles Is actually pose less of a risk than driving. Perhaps. No, I was, I mean, for example, there's a local company that is trying to there's figure fewer out. fewer obstacles. Exactly. <laughs> no, there's a local <laughs> company. Oh, I, I think it's called, yeah, Perceptive Automata. Automata. Yeah. where a bunch of people, I think they're all MIT guys, are trying to figure out how to tell what a person standing on a curb is getting ready to do. Is he going to step out into traffic or not? It turns out that we humans do that instinctively. When you're driving down the road in a, in a residential area, you look at the people on the street around you and guess what they're going to do before you maneuver. we got to teach cars how to do that automatically, and that's going to take years. It's true. When okay, you, when you you're learning to drive, I'll yeah, take a pilot. Well, when you're learning to drive, a, a good <laughs> driving instructor says you, you don't look, just look straight ahead. Your eyes go left to right, 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 right to left all the whole time that's right. when you're in a busy area because you're scanning. And, and, uh, and, the, and, the, and the human brain, you know, the most powerful computer in existence, can process that. But Not you, just that. You see a person, and because you're human, you, you can look at that person and guess what he's going to do. Is correct. he getting ready to step into the street or not? A computer, they're, they're these guys, they're all these like MIT scientists, and they're trying to figure out how to teach a computer to guess whether this guy's going to step into the street. That's the level of incredible detail they'll have to get right before it's safe to put cars, automated cars, but on the road. But at 2,000 feet. At 2,000 feet, who cares? That's right. I mean, <laughs> so for some perspective, can I ask, do you remember the year that driverless cars or the concept was unveiled at this conference? Whoa, let's see. I think I was there, in fact. Was it 2004, five, something like that? Long time ago. Wow. It was, it was I mean, a while. so it many was, companies uh, have made so many strides. And oh, and the first vehicle that had it? That. I mean, it looked like the Lunar Rover. It was just covered. <laughs> no, it was just covered with all this stuff. It I, was amazing. I, 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 I've always thought that there is, a, there is a branding and messaging issue with autonomous vehicles, meaning... I like the idea of an autonomous vehicle. Mm -hmm. A driverless car sounds like a runaway train <laughs> right? or, or, or an out-of-control subway. It, just, it yeah. sounds dangerous. 
Well, no, I, I got to say you may have a point there. But like you, I love the idea. Yeah. I, I mean, the beauty of it is a world in which we would not have to own cars, where you would just order a vehicle to show up, take you where you want it to go, Uber without the, the human. You could even have a subscription service. You pay umpty ump dollars a month and a car picks you up. I, I would love yeah. that. Yeah, no. I would yeah. love it, but we're nowhere near it. On the other hand, with planes... Relatively large, easily detected by radar. You could have an air traffic control system. We're already there in a way. Exactly. In terms of all the drone technology. Commercial airliners already fly themselves about 80% of their entire trip. They Manually, they're taken off and they're landed. And they don't even have to land them. I mean, they don't even have to be landed. Most yeah. commercial jets can land themselves. And so we're, we have most of the technology. Okay. So, yeah, frankly, this doesn't strike me as a crazy idea. It could yeah. work. So, so CES, not what it once was. Let's look at some of these things. Kyan, let's start. Let's be charitable. Let's start with the toothbrush, right? Oh, yes. no. You love the 10-second ten se- <laughs> toothbrush. I like Why? the 10-second toothbrush because um, while I enjoy It looks like a mouthpiece, a football player's mouthpiece. Yes, which are very uncomfortable, I believe, um, but I wouldn't know. But um, I don't know. I just I find the brushing the teeth process to be an annoying one. I do it. I feel as though I do need to clarify. I brush my teeth multiple times a day, but... And, um, you know, for kids, two minutes is a really long time for my six-year-old. The idea that I could be like, here, teeth are brushed in 10 seconds, just move on with our day. I feel like would give me more time in my life back in the morning of just not arguing with him about the brushing of the teeth if it was 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I'm well, good with that. Well, I got to tell you, I don't have any problem using a regular toothbrush. doesn't bother me a bit. <laughs> I just don't really see the point. To each his own. Well, there I don't go. see the point in a lot of these Right. Well, and look I think at the that's foldable, kind of the idea, the foldable right? computer. Isn't the that idea. What this is? Well, no, they're talking about with a screen, and I've already written about the foldable phone, where you have the the screen that literally folds, mm-hmm. and you can understand the logic behind it. And if in some ideal world where it worked perfectly, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. But uh, there's still got a way to go, and it doesn't solve a massive problem that people are desperate to solve. If they ever have one that really is completely mm-hmm. satisfactory, okay, fine. Uh, I was more interested in the one, what was it, is it Lenovo? One idea that was drove me crazy. Years ago, a Russian company, I think they were called Yada, had what I thought was a brilliant idea for a smartphone. You have a regular screen on the front and an e-ink screen on the back that was always on. Now, you know about e-ink, it was invented around here. It's that screen technology that shows type in, bl- in black and white. Sure. But it doesn't use battery except to change the image on the screen. So if you put an image on the screen in e-ink, it uses very little battery power. So the idea was even when the screen on your phone was turned off, you'd turn it over, and the backside was an e-ink screen that told you the time, the weather, any of your appointments, et cetera. You didn't have to activate the phone. It was just there. And that just flopped, partly maybe because it was Russian and they had trouble raising money. I don't understand that, by the way. Russia produces some of the best scientists in the world. Why aren't we driving Russian cars, using Russian computers? I've never understood that. The Russians just haven't come through. However, I think it's Lenovo at this year's CES has a laptop based on that same idea. You you close the cover, and the exterior cover is e-ink. And so you can still see uh, images and... Uh, I could use that because my, my phone battery management is horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I crank the... the uh, I, I, I crank up the the, the, the image light or the whatever bright, you call it, the, the brightness, because yeah. I, I can't see very well. So, yeah. But uh, no, that, that sounds like a terrific That's what I mean. That's one of the few things I heard about that said, hmm, yeah, you know, that would actually come in handy. Yeah. I'd like to see somebody do that. So real quick, let's go through a couple of these real quick. Uh, and just real fast, the Matrix Juno, the supercooler, 
It's a blast chiller. Okay, it's yeah. on the Food Network on every show. Big deal. Yes, they use it often on on um, what's that show that I watch all the time? Chopped. Yes, they chopped. Always they use always the blast use chiller. blast chiller. So on this chopped. is like, oh, what if you had a microwave, but it made it really cool? Yeah, they but already this have is for, that. Like you know, you, individual use. But if you market it for chilling wine and beer, you've totally changed. I, I get that. Yes. I, I, I get that. It's a product that will find its yeah. find its way It'll into higher end home, yeah. fancy people's yeah. kitchens. But breakthrough, I don't think so. Now, let's pause here on the Segway S-Pod. Basically, a 70s-style egg chair melded in with a, with a, uh, with a Segway. Desi- it's like, okay, we couldn't, we couldn't conquer the world and change the way we design cities. The Segway was essentially a flop. Let's change the way we visit, the, mo- visit the mall. Yeah, yeah. Segway. So, so this is designed. It, it's kind of like a, 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 a autonomous rickshaw. <laughs> I like that. That's you know, kind of what it looks like. Or, 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 a, or a different kind of a, you know the uh, those scooters, right? Yeah. The rascals that people ra- drive around casinos in. It's kind of <laughs> that. I, I just is this is is this going to revolutionize anything? It's of course. Not. Another way for us to not walk around. <laughs> See, that was my first instinct, and I was like, do we have to find more ways for people to be lazy, especially at a time where we're talking about like people need to increase their steps and all these things. However, I could see the value. They talk about amusement parks, things like that. If you have relatives that maybe can't keep up with the kids and they mm-hmm. can use one of these oh, instead of a scooter. I think it's a perfectly sensible idea. I don't have a problem with I, it. I, I, I see just, its value for uh, some yeah. cohorts. But, 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 but yeah. where's, where's, where, how much popular pickup is – do you want to be seen – look, I'm a big guy. I got a bum knee. I got a bad hip, a new hip. I'm not going near this thing because you know <laughs> what? You're being immediately lampooned and humiliated. Look at that guy in that stupid But that's in 2020. Chair. I mean, who knows? It's been twenty years, years since the Segway, and it's still it's still basically Paul Blart Mall Cop, right? <laughs> yeah. The Segway is still just a joke. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but it, it turned out to be a lot less significant as, a, and, and in fact, its descendant made its debut a few years back at CES, the Notorious Hoverboard, which Ooh. was a huge hit of of CES like about five or six years ago, and that's a product that ought to have been a huge popular consumer success that flopped because the early ones were so badly made. Sure. Just a whole bunch of Chinese companies started bringing out totally crappy ones with batteries that burst into flames. And by the time they set safety standards and started making good ones, people had just lost interest. They killed that market through a lousy product design. But even then, it wasn't going to be a real world-changing product. It was just a cool little toy. That, sure. That was a, I liked it. It was a lot of fun. Can there be a comeback for that? Could there be with better technology, which probably now does exist? A I better? don't know. I tend to doubt it, although you do see people with the, you know, the other version of them, the, syn- the what do they call the one with the great big wheel? That people oh, those are around. everywhere. Yeah, you see those, and that's a similar technology, the rolling wheel that people Yeah, stand I forget on. what they're called. They're yeah. like $1,000. I mean, they're yeah. not cheap. Right. Um, we were in San Diego for Christmas, and there was a lot of people using them. You saw, like, the kids at the park. Right. The days after Christmas, they were, f- like, far more popular there than here. Right, exactly. And, of course, you have electric scooters, although those are running into problems. You've seen Le- Lime. I, I don't know if you saw that story. Lime is shutting down its electric scooter rental service in a bunch of cities. I guess uh, it hasn't in those cities gone on as well as they thought. But with all these electric scooters out there, uh, I'm not sure this particular product, there's any reason for it to make a comeback. Yeah. I just, what, I what, um, give us an idea of something or some things, product or products, innovation or innovations right now 
that you think are really cutting edge, really exciting, really game changing that that you probably won't be seeing at consumer electronics well, shows. Well, the week. problem is that it's hard to think of anything that's coming along right now that is going to be game changing. I think we're in a period in which a lot of these technologies are still lying fallow and still coming into their own. Classic example, VR and AR. We are still not in a world where after we, every year is supposed to be, this is the year of virtual reality. Yeah. This is the year of augmented reality. We're still waiting. And not because they aren't trying. You've got all these uh, products coming out from companies like Oculus and uh, people writing software for them. And uh, they are getting better and better. And uh, the problem is, though, they're still, for millions of people, not necessarily a compelling reason to buy. In addition, there's AR, which I think is really a lot more fascinating. And it's still going to take a while for that to catch on. But ironically, I think that AR depends on another overhyped technology, which is 5G. 5G, uh, this is the year when it's supposed to take off, and they're wrong. Uh, you can now get 5G basically nationwide, but the nationwide version of 5G isn't that much better than 4G. Whereas the version that's super hot and super fast, like the one Verizon has rolled out, it's great if you're going to stay within a block of the cell that, that transmits it, and if you're going to stand on a street corner. Anywhere else, it doesn't work. Sure. So what's the point? The idea, though, is that over time, as 5G gets laid out throughout the United States and around the world, it gets to a point where you're going to be able to transmit data so fast and with so little latency that you'll be able to take things like AR headsets that let you see the world and lay computer data on top of what you're seeing. You know, with an AR set, you're not in this world of your own where you don't know what's going on. You are still looking at the world around you. But through these glasses, you are also seeing all kinds of data projected on, on the screen. It's like being the Terminator. You're I, was, I was just going to say, that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the Terminator technology. That's right. You know, 30 years later, finally. Exactly. And you'll be able to do that. But the machines for doing that now are like the Microsoft HoloLens. It's a helmet that you put on, and it will cost $3,000. Yeah. Why? Who wants to wear a helmet? Exactly. The reason is you got to carry the computing around with you. All the computers that do that are on your head. With 5G, they move to the cloud. To the cloud. You don't have to carry that all around. You could put on something not much bigger than a pair of glasses yeah. that would have just enough electronics to project this stuff into your, into your eyes and a radio on board. Yeah. And it would just pick up the stuff from uh, 5G. It would also have some cameras on board, so, too. So, so there's something you're keeping. Not, there's something worth waiting for. But it's going so to be several speak. years before you see that because it's going to be several years before you have enough 5G deployed to be able to do that. Yeah. That's one of the examples of, of something that consumers will really like that, that, that is going to be 5G. Other things that we're waiting for, uh, that I'm waiting for, is stuff like connected car technology still hasn't really taken off. Uh, over the next few years, we're supposed to start seeing cars that are going to be designed so that the cars are talking to the other cars on the road. Uh, that was originally, people were thinking that was just going to be for autonomous vehicles. But that's going to be useful even for human-driven cars. Imagine you're sitting in your car, and, uh, and your car knows what the other cars around you are doing. Like there's a car, two cars ahead of you, that's just slammed on its brakes. It automatically tells you, hit the brakes, there's about to be a slowdown. Uh, it could automatically tell you there's a car broken down over on the left lane because it knows because that car broken down on the left lane has told you that it's broken down. This kind of thing could make safety and traffic management vastly more, more reliable, and more and more new cars are already, in fact, it's going to get to the point, um, who was I was just reading a book by somebody, I forget, who was, oh, I think it was Bruce Schneier, the guy over at Harvard, who was complaining about the fact that it's getting to the point where at least at the high end you can't buy a car that doesn't connect to the Internet.
these cars are already talking to the internet and eventually they're going to talk to each other as well and every time you get into a car it's going to be on a network now that raises all kinds of other problems in terms of privacy for example and data security you had a piece a couple weeks ago yeah. where you talk about it's the tech behind these gadgets right so to your point of not being at the ces conference yeah. that it's the technology behind these gadgets and you list like big broadband big stream big cloud the big store right. big social and big brother as that is what is changing our lives right absolutely. now absolutely it's, it's not a, it's the not the machine. gadgets themselves yeah. it's the the trends that are driving a lot of this stuff like for example i talk about how over the last few years we now have a country in which most households have reasonably fast broadband there's still plenty of room to improve but with most Americans having this kind of broadband speed, we now do things in ways we never did before. I was talking about how I bought a new laptop, and I'm going, oh, well, time to get the data I had to back up on my old laptop mm -hmm. and move it to my new laptop. And they said, wait a minute. You I don't, don't keep to. any data on my laptop. It's all on Dropbox. It's all on Google Drive. Yeah. Everything I do is automatically stored to the cloud. All I have to do is put the Dropbox account on my new laptop, and it all just goes, all, all there it is. And that's, it's changed the way we store our data, and it's, it raises privacy and security concerns again, but it makes life so much easier that we've all just gone yeah. so utterly I got, cloud. I got my 11-year-old a, a, a year ago, a, you know, $150 um, Chromebook, and, yeah. and I'm like, why am I not just using this thing? Why, oh, yeah. am, I not, why, why am I not just accessing, because everything is basically cloud-based, yeah. and you don't need this huge hard drive, carry, you know, or, or even a, an external drive, because... The everyday needs can be can be easily serviced that way. Right, but you are also sharing that information Understood. with somebody who might or might not be spying on you. That's right, and that's what that's this price that we've all decided to pay. And I'm I personally am paying it, and I keep telling myself I think correctly that I don't really have anything to hide. But in another sense, that's just not true, because anybody who has access to all this data now knows so much about you. They know where you work. They know where. They can figure that out even if they didn't know your name. Yeah. They just track where you go every Mike, day. And Mike, they know he works there, he lives there. They know that. We've been talking to Hiawatha Bray of the Boston Globe. My basic uh, attitude on on uh, data and, and, and consumer privacy is if you shop at CVS, then you essentially have decided privacy is not that important. Because <laughs> that corporation on, you know, has a complete picture of you Based on your most personal things, your 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 medicines, if your you, health care. That's you know, it, it's it, well. If you it, give them that, like if you have like the pharmacy, yeah. If you're doing the pharmacy where you've given them all that sensitive information, or if you have one of those loyalty cards and you've given that's, them all that. Well, sensitive that's that's what I mean. They're analyzing yeah. all of your and, and the stuff you buy at a drugstore is generally very personal stuff. That's Absolutely. About you know your 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 health and well-being and hygiene and God knows what else. And pharmacists have always known this. The problem is now. You are going to a pharmacy that is part of a national or international corporate chain oh, yeah. that now has that information exactly. forever, and uh, it, it raises really disturbing problems. And you know, and interestingly enough, one of the curious things about this, you hear people say, like you hear people talking about Amazon. We need to uh, break them up, or we need to encourage more competitors to Amazon in the online space for for marketing. And I understand that by traditional economics, that's a great idea, makes a lot of sense. Buy on Walmart online or, or, or Target online or any other, or just some small merchant online. There's just one little thing that people forget. Every time you do that, you're giving your personal information to yet another organization that's filing it away. <laughs> that's right. The more 
you make the market more competitive with more com more players in the online space uh, doing this stuff, uh, you are basically just creating yet another place where all your personal data is stored. Now it's at Walmart and Target and Home Depot and Lowe's as well as Amazon. Yeah. And just by diversifying your shopping, you may be helping to create a more uh, diverse economy, but you're also spreading your data everywhere. Everywhere. Cayenne, <laughs> final words. Hiawatha, final words. I'm just reminded of everything you, one should be nervous about now, but <laughs> that's okay. I'll forget about it by this afternoon and go back to ordering from Amazon and storing my things on Oh, Dropbox. I'm going to keep right on ordering from Amazon. <laughs> this is not a problem that can be solved by pulling in our heads and saying we're not going to no. order from Amazon. I'm, I'm one of those people that thinks the convenience is worth the trade-off. I'm one of those people that thinks on Facebook the positive ways it impacts my life and people's lives and to be able to communicate with people yeah. you don't you haven't seen in years is worth the trade-off. I may be proven wrong, but right now that's my, my view. No, the problem is it's too late to go back. We can't go back. Oh, yeah, I mean, we can't put it back in the box. What we have to do instead, and this is, strikes me as doable, is have regulations that set limits on what can be done with this data. And I think also you're going to have to have strict penalties for companies that misuse or lose our data. And you're not going to be able to deal with it by saying, well, we're not going to integrate our information with the rest of the world anymore yeah. because it's just too late. And because, sure enough, as you say, the benefits of doing this are just insanely great. Yeah. I don't want to stop using Dropbox. <laughs> I don't want to stop using Google. I worry about, you know, you go and you use, uh, like, the location services on your phone. Google has a record of every place you've been. And you go, oh, no, Google has a record of every place I've been. You know what? You have a record of every place you've been. <laughs> I can go to my Google dashboard and look up, where was I that day? Where did that happen? And I can see where I went on such and such a day because Google remembers it for me. And I've actually found that useful. I oh. like knowing that my phone is keeping a log of my movements. If I could do that without sharing it with Google, it would be great. <laughs> but having that. That's the catch. That's the catch. Yeah, exactly. All right. Hiawatha Bray, thanks so much. Thank you. What a great interview. What a great, uh, a great time talking to you. Thanks hey, so much for coming. it's been fun. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. All right. And now, two minutes with Tom. Hi, Hi Tom. Diane. <laughs> <laughs> we did it in sync. We did. Welcome to week 75. Is that right? Yes, it is our uh, great. first edition of 2020, 2020 here at OA on air. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Decade! Yes, lots of lots of things happening. Yeah. We a took lot, a little break. There's a lot. Well, we do need a we need a breather between We're not getting talk one. around impeachment, uh, taking out a lead general in the Iranian armed forces, getting bombed in Iraq at two of our air bases. It's been a it's been a it's been a week that can just uh, on one hand drive you crazy, on the other hand, just keep you awake because it's just a lot of history going on. A lot of history, and also we're so 2020 is a big year, uh, politically speaking, for our country, for the direction of our country, right. for all of those things. 2020, and we've talked about this, is is an incredibly crucial year, and we're going into it with all of this percolating and being discussed and it's almost like if you haven't been paying attention now is the time to perk up and pay attention yeah we're four weeks away from iowa and the iowa caucuses which really kicks off the mm -hmm. presidential election year um 
You'll have a major debate between now and then. I think it's next week or the week after, out in Iowa. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it'll be something to see as the, as the Democratic race winnows down to fewer and fewer candidates. Um, people are beginning to kind of focus in on what's going on, and they'll really begin to focus as in these next few weeks. On the other hand, we've got um, headlines which are brand new every single day. One day it's about impeachment. Another day it's about, um, you know, a, a potential stirring up of, of armed conflict in the Middle East between ourselves and Iran. And, um, you know, and the debate, frankly, as to whether President Trump's activity of going in and bombing um, or, or taking out uh, an Iranian general, the second most important man in, 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 in Iran, uh, and the consequences that carried with it, are, you know, filling up our front pages. Mm -hmm. And then there are those that have said it is, it was an attempt to distract from impeachment proceedings. Um, it has certainly pushed some of those headlines down the page right now. Uh, but the impeachment proceedings aren't going anywhere. So they're going to come back. They're going to continue. They're going to continue. I, you know, I, I would, boy, that's a very skeptical and, and cynical way to look at it, that it was politically motivated. Um, I, I would hope it's that he would not the put the United States and its armed forces in jeopardy's way yeah. by playing As politics. That's a frightening thought. And um, I can only hope that we can take the president at his word when he talks about the fact that this general was really the, the terrorist-minded individual in throughout the, all of the Mideast that was focused on damaging and killing American, American soldiers. Um, but it sure did take the, the impeachment off the front page for a couple of days. But as we, as we focus on it, there still seems to be a debate as to whether the articles of impeachment are going to come over to the U.S. Senate mm -hmm. uh, and be voted on, or whether they're simply going to take it without the articles coming over just to get rid of the, the issue of impeachment and do so without witnesses. And so this week we also read about four potential Republican U.S. senators who might be calling for witnesses to come in and testify about what really happened. So we, we've got an exciting couple of 10 to 12 to 14 days coming up as we kind of unravel internationally what's going on and domestically here in Washington what's going on with the impeachment. A lot to unpack. Yeah, not to, not to mention the earlier comments that you and Cosmo were talking about about the royal family. <laughs> it's, um, it's a fascinating time. Uh, my hat goes out to Megan, to be very honest with you. I mean, it, it seems perhaps nearly an impossibility to prepare somebody to go into the royal family from outside mm -hmm. and to, and to pre prepare them in such a way that they're, they're going to be able to live with this for the rest of their, their natural lives. It's a very difficult thing to, to, to see and to, and to have ask somebody to go through. Um, she's endured a lot. She apparently has endured a lot. Um, you know, she's, she's an, an American who spent a lot of time in, in philanthropy and had a, you know, had made a, a name of, for herself in, in the theater, mm -hmm. and she'd done quite well. Um, mm -hmm. And she fell in love with the prince, and he fell in love with her. And I think out of love, um, he's willing to take it back, kind of um, the, the, the participation in the royal family back so that he becomes less public over time and, and becomes, you know, more dependent on his own capabilities. So it's, it, it smacks a little bit, not of an abdication like... King Edward and, and Wallace Simpson went through back in the 40s, but it is, it is being done out of love, mm -hmm. and that's kind of an important thing. Kind of sweet. Thanks, Diane. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Yeah.
That's it for this week's episode of OA on Air. Don't forget to subscribe, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, or whatever your favorite listening platform may be. You can also check us out on our own O'Neill & Associates website. And in all of those places, you can also now tune into our newest podcast edition here at O'Neill & Associates, OA on Healthcare with our host, Joe Alviani. His first episode with guest Health and Human Services Secretary Mary Lou Sutters is up, available to listen and download. Talk to you next week.